Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us, as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witness, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you have acted in, in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But, when, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you. Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who get who came after him, also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servants, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Father, again, this time we come because we're gonna we're going to listen to your word preached, and what we need to hear is not Omar Ortiz, but we need to hear from you. And so, would you speak to us this morning? Uh, help us to uh, to see uh, the 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 amazing beauty and power of Jesus this morning. We ask this in His name, Amen. Have you ever been tempted to take credit for something that somebody else has done? I'm very guilty, and I could share numerous illustrations, but I won't. Uh, we come this morning to this particular part of the story where, uh, where Peter has, if you remember two weeks ago, Peter just healed this uh, paralytic man. He'd been paralyzed for 40 years since childbirth, and he's sitting outside of the temple asking for money, and uh, Peter comes in and says, I don't have any money, but what I have I'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Uh, and so the scene now is that this guy has been jumping up and down and he's all excited. He's causing a scene and people are starting to pay attention, right? And they turn around and they're like, what? Isn't that the, isn't that the guy that was lame just a little bit ago? And all of a sudden they start realizing like, whoa, wait a minute. This guy who's been begging for money for years is now up and jumping around. And so, you know, what's the logical question? How did this happen? And they go to Peter and they're like, did you do this? And what does Peter say? Yes, as a matter of fact, I did. Uh, no, that's not what Peter says at all, right? What Peter does is he's like, look, I didn't do this. Uh, in fact, it's Jesus who did this. And so this past week, as I was uh, thinking about the story and uh, I was uh, in Marin last week talking to a friend, all of a sudden we, we started talking about how Jesus is the hero 
of the story of Scripture. And all of a sudden, it was like this light went off in my, in my mind. I was like, wait a minute, that's what Peter is saying here. Peter is saying that Jesus is the hero of this man's story. And Jesus is not only the hero of this man's story, but we'll see in the passage that Jesus is the hero of the big story. And if Jesus is the hero of the big story, then that means that Jesus is the hero of our stories. And that also means that Jesus is the hero of the story of San Diego. Are you with me? So what we're going to do is we're going to see how Jesus is the hero who fights for us, who heals us, and who's going to make everything uh, good again. And we're going to see that in three ways. All right, so first of all, Jesus is the hero who fights for us. He fights against our enemy, and he does that by dying on the cross. Secondly, we're going to see that Jesus is the hero who heals us, and he heals us when we turn to him in repentance. And then third, we're going to see that Jesus is the hero who makes everything new again, and he'll do that when he returns. All right, so first point. Uh, so what Peter does is, well, actually, what do heroes do? Kids, what do heroes do? Right? They save you, right? They save you from the bad guys, whatever the bad guy might be, right? So you think of any like great hero story. Now, sometimes it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, there's a clear good guy, bad guy, but sometimes the heroes that we talk about aren't necessarily saving you from a bad guy, but they're trying to do good things in the world, right? Uh, and sometimes heroes actually have to sacrifice their lives in order to be able uh, to do that. So think of some of the heroes, right? Think of like, what are the heroes that may be in movies or in books that you can think of that sacrifice themselves in order to, uh, in order to do something good? Can you think of any heroes? Come on. Got us by, there's a, you'd be surprised how much distance there is between here and there. I need you to be louder. What was that? Iron Man, yes, Iron Man against Thanos. That's right, good. Wonder Woman, what is Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman does that? I guess I have to go back and check that movie out. All right, so here are the ones that I thought of. Um, Gandalf against the Balrog, Aslan against the White Witch, Harry Potter, oops, I just spoiled it, uh, and Iron Man. Okay, so now that's all make-believe and fun, right? But we actually can look at Scripture, and we actually see in Scripture that there are real heroes who, although they didn't end up sacrificing their lives, when they started obeying God, they didn't know what was going to happen, right? So Esther, uh, who goes before the throne of the king, and she thinks, like, I might die, uh, but she does that in order to save her people. David, who is going to go fight this, like, veteran warrior who's killed lots of people, and everyone thinks, David, you're nuts, uh, the king tries to give David his armor, and David goes in. He thinks, I could die. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they refuse to worship and bow down to, um, to Nebuchadnezzar's, thank you, Nebuchadnezzar's image, right? They get thrown to the fire. They, they say, if we perish, we perish, but we're not going to do this. Uh, and certainly, that's also true in history. Tomorrow, today's Halloween, yay. Tomorrow, do you know what tomorrow is? All Saints Day. All Saints Day is the day where we recognize that there are lots of Christians 
who have gone before us and have faithfully served the Lord. And some of them died for their faith. Uh, Men like Polycarp, women like Perpetua and Felicity, uh, pastors like uh, Latimer, people who translated the Bible like John Huss. Uh, So there's this wonderful story that we have of people who have done good and have suffered for it. And And what's the thing that holds all of this together? It's Jesus right? So now look at the passage with me. If you have your Bible open, uh, let's look at verses uh, 13, 14, and 15 here. And what you notice is really fascinating. If you're the kind of person that likes to write in your Bible, this is, this is a mark your Bible kind of thing. At least it is for me. Notice what happens. Um, middle of verse 13, you handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one, and asked a murder to be released, you killed the author of life. What do you notice there? At least in my version of the Bible, you've got, uh, the way it's been translated, you've got this very clear repetition. You killed, you disowned, you disowned, you killed. What's Peter trying to get across? Jesus died. There's a lot more there, right? But Jesus died. Jesus is the hero of the story, that, and he dies. And now notice that he says that right before. What's the question? How did this happen? And right before he says, how did this happen? Or, or he says, you killed Jesus, and it's because Jesus died that what happens? Verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see here has been made strong. It's in Jesus' name and faith that comes through him <clears throat> that he's been given complete healing. Um, so Jesus is going to heal, Jesus has, uh, through the power, Peter, through the power of Jesus, and the name that Jesus, uh, using the name of Jesus, has healed this man from disease. That's good. Um, but we said when we looked at this two weeks ago that this man is a picture for us of, of how sin works, right? All of the different ways that sin can affect us. Uh, and so we, we use the language of brokenness to help us kind of have a hook to be able to understand this. So Jesus takes this man, and yes, he heals him from his disease of not being able to walk, his paralysis. But there's something more that's happening here, right? Because what happens to Jesus? Does Jesus stay dead? Kids, does Jesus stay dead? No, Jesus doesn't stay dead, right? We see that in verse 15. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Again, in verse 26, when God raised his servant. So Jesus doesn't just have power over disease. Jesus has power over death. You tracking, right? So Jesus is the hero of the story. Why is he the hero of the story? Because he lays his life down in order to defeat the real enemy, not the Joker, not Thanos, okay? Not the white witch, not the Balrog, Sin, death, the devil, ultimately. Those are the true enemies, and Jesus died in order to defeat them. Uh, That's the kind of hero that we have. Now, here's the problem that you and I have, right? We try to be the hero, right? We try to be the hero of our story. We try to be the hero of other people's stories, right? Uh, Or we look to other people or we look to other things to be the hero of our story. Amen? Right? Uh, So here's the thing. Like this passage is reminding us 
that we, we are not the hero. Now, kids, um, I, want you to, um, I want you to know something that adults really struggle with, and I think you do too. It can be really hard for us to know and understand where are the places that we're looking to somebody other than Jesus. And so, um, you know, that's why part of the reason why God has given you parents who love Jesus is that those parents can help you to be able to say, hey, what are the ways that maybe I'm being tempted to trust in something other than Jesus? Guess what, adults? We need each other, and sometimes God uses our kids uh, to remind us of what are the ways that we are tempted to trust in a hero other than Jesus. So that's the first point. All right, so the second point is that Jesus is the true hero that heals our wounds, and he does that through the gift of repentance. So Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Who's, who's read the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Okay, so uh, what gift does Father Christmas give Lucy? What? The, that's right, the, the healing potion. It's the cordial made from juice from fire flowers that come from the mountain of the sun, if you want to be specific. Uh, and I uh, had to look it up. Now, so at the end of the book, uh, you've got this big battle. It's called the Battle of Baruna. And Lucy shows up, and she's got the cordial that Father Christmas has given to her. And Edmund had been fighting the White Witch, and he got really wounded, and he's close to death. And so uh, I think it's Aslan says to, to Lucy, quick, the cordial that Father Christmas gave to you, use it. She puts one little drop, and what happens to Edmund? He's healed, right? He gets better. Um, now, Lucy is a picture for us of the kinds of heroes who bring healing. Notice what happens here. Verse 19, super important verse. This is a circle type of verse in this passage, right? Repent then and turn to God. Two things will happen, that your sins may be wiped out and refreshing may come from the Lord. How does Jesus bring healing? Okay, we see what Jesus has done. We see that Jesus is the true hero who died on the cross for our sins. And our response is to repent, to turn to him. It's interesting, isn't it, how much repentance has come up in, this book, in the book of Acts so far, right? It's this theme that keeps showing up. And what we're seeing is that this is the way that people respond to Jesus. And repentance, we said a couple weeks ago, uh, two ways to think about repentance. One is that it's this idea of, you know, you're, you're going in one direction and you turn in another direction. You're, you're, fo- you're not following Jesus and you begin following Jesus. But another way to think about repentance is that there's some story that has gripped your heart and you can't help but follow that story. Remember I used the illustration uh, about the 100-foot journey, that movie, which has probably been the one illustration that I've gotten the most feedback about uh, ever in my entire time of preaching. Um, and, but that's, that's what repentance is like. So if we repent, right, if we turn to Jesus two things happen. First, uh, it says that your sins will be wiped out. Have you ever uh, written on a piece of paper with a pencil and you like make those, the marks are really, really deep. You know what I'm talking about? And then you realize, oops, I made a mistake. And you go back to erase it and it just won't erase. And you erase and you erase and it just won't go in. So finally, like the paper starts to fray, right? That's like sin. So sin leaves a mark on us and we might try to erase it, but it doesn't erase. And the more we try to erase it, the actually, you know, if you follow the analogy, we actually can do ourselves harm. And what Peter is saying is that Jesus can come in and he actually can 
better than magic eraser. He can wipe the sin away, right? He, he can cleanse us. He can make us, uh, forgive us of our sins. And then the second thing that he says is that there can be refreshing. That's kind of an interesting word. So do you know what happens after Lucy uh, gives that cordial to, to Edmund? So Aslan says to her, Lucy, quick, there are other people that need you to give them the cordial. Uh, and she says, hold on, Aslan, because I want to stay here with Edmund. And Aslan says to her, how many more people have to die for Edmund? And so she, okay, Aslan, I'm coming. Uh, so she goes, now let's stop there. I read that the other day and it, it occurred to me, is, the, is this story in one fashion, the story of Edmund being restored? I think you can make the case that that's a part of the narrative of that story. Why? Notice this is what uh, C.S. Lewis writes about when Lucy comes back to her brother. When at last she was free to come to Edmund, she found him standing on his feet. And not only was he healed of the wounds, but looked better than she had seen him look in, oh, for ages. He had become his real old self again and could look you in the face. Let me suggest to you that the, the refreshing, the healing that Jesus brings to our brokenness is a refreshing and healing that is taking us back to our old self. Not our old self that we were a year ago, not our old self before COVID, but our old self from the Garden of Eden, our old self before sin entered into the world. But that's what Jesus is in the business of doing, that he is in the business of restoring us and making us, uh, uh, bringing us back to be the way that we were always meant to be without sin. That that's the kind of refreshing that we're talking about. That's going to lead us into our, uh, into our next point. But here's the thing, like, how do you, like, do we just have to wait and hope that Lucy shows up with a magic cordial? No, right? God has provided for us better than a magic cordial. He has provided us ways to experience that refreshing. Tom Wright is a, a pastor and theologian in England, and this is what he writes. He says, refreshment is by no means unusual in Christian experience, as again and again, listen to this, in worship and sacrament, in reading scriptures, in Christian fellowship, and prayer, we taste in advance just a little bit of the coming together of heaven and earth. The sense that this is what we were made for, the new world which we shall finally enjoy, it is there, available, ready for all who seriously seek it. So if it's true, as you saw in our first point, that we are tempted to look for here, to be our own hero, to be the hero in other people's stories, to look for heroes in places that we shouldn't, then here what we're seeing is that, that Jesus has provided us ways to remind us that he's the true hero. He's provided us ways to refresh our hearts and remind us that he is the one who is the hero of the big story, he's the hero of our stories, and he's the hero of San Diego. And so how are we availing ourselves? How are we taking advantage of the things that he has provided for us? Um, I wasn't going to share this, but I'm going I'm, I'm to go off script. So, uh, so this past week, 
Uh, I've mentioned to you guys that, um, that I've been trying to walk around town and, and just trying to orient myself to the city and trying to take advantage of, of using that time to pray. Well, there, there's been a couple of things that have been on my mind um, as, as you know, I'm trying to get oriented. And one of them, I had not realized just how much it's really been on my mind. Well, um, I'm walking around and, and, I just, and I like stumble upon this bakery that's two blocks from here. Um, really fun story that I'll tell another time. But I, I stumble and I'm sitting there in this bakery and I'm, and I'm praying and I've got this little thing and I'm filling it out and I'm praying. And as I'm praying, I was reading Psalm, I think it was Psalm 124. And, and I just had this like, like I felt Jesus just say, it's going to be okay. I got this. And I, it literally was one of those moments where I was like, oh, I, one, I didn't realize how much this was weighing on me. And two, uh, isn't it amazing how Jesus has kind of like lifted me out of this thing that was weighing me? Um, it, it, I was praying and reading scripture, and I experienced refreshing from Jesus. Okay? I, please, I'm not sharing that in order to like, uh, you know, brag about my spiritual life, but I share that with you to say like, Jesus does that kind of thing. Uh, like, he delights in loving you that way. Okay? All right, so first point. Sorry, I'm off track here. Uh, first point, Jesus is the true hero who fights our enemy. Our real enemy is not Thanos, but sin, right? And he does that by dying on the cross. Second point, Jesus is the true hero who heals us of our wounds. He heals us when we, uh, by turning to him in faith, right? That's called repentance. And there are two things that he does. He forgives us of our sins and he brings refreshing, uh, and then finally, we see that Jesus is the true hero who makes everything new again. Okay. So this, the picture of this man who is, who's healed uh, and is able to walk. Uh, a couple weeks ago when, I, when we talked about this passage, I made the distinction for us between substantial healing and perfect healing. Remember what I said if you were here uh, if you weren't here, what I said was that, that this man is healed, right? But he's able to walk. The, the brokenness that we see experienced is beginning to go away. But he's going to get sick, and he died. I mean, he's not alive anymore, right? So, so the healing wasn't perfect, but it was substantial. It was true. Perfect healing comes when Jesus comes back. But, but the healing that you and I experience in this world is substantial healing. It's not perfect because... We don't live in a perfect world, but, but it's the healing that points us to that perfect healing. I, that's what Peter's saying in here. Uh, jump with me to verse uh, tw- uh, 19. Repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. Times of refreshing may come from the Lord. We saw that. that he, now listen, that he may send the Christ, that is the Messiah, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. So I, let me tell you what I think is happening here. What I think is happening here is that Peter is saying, you see this? You see this man? You see that he's up and walking? That's just the beginning. This right here is a picture of what's coming in the future. 
And, and we get to experience little tastes of that now, but hold on to your seats because when Jesus comes back, we're going to get all of it. And that that is, and he goes on, and we're not going to go into this here to this morning, but then he goes on to talk about Moses and Samuel and Abraham and how those uh, fathers of the faith, that's what they were all waiting for. That's what their hope was into. Um, so, so bring all this together and land the plane. Um, what, if Jesus is really the hero uh, of, of the big story, then that means that he's our hero, but it also means that he's the hero of San Diego. Not us, not you, not me, not Harbor City. One of the things that I love about that, I, that you know, as, as we've interviewed and we've been here, one of the things that I've come to really appreciate and love about this church is that there is a genuine heart and desire to love uh, the city, right? To, to, uh, to serve the needs of the city. So we have these city partnerships. You know, we, we, we were able to put together uh, a good neighbor team. That good neighbor team's already uh, supporting uh, uh, three Afghans that are uh, here in, in South Park. Um, they're meeting this afternoon to, to talk about that. Uh, there, there are so many individuals that are doing things that are not even necessarily connected to the church. It's all awesome. It's, it's, it's really uh, very encouraging. Um, the temptation for any of us is going to be that we do these things and we make ourselves the hero of the story. Uh, brothers and sisters, San Diego does not need you and me to be the hero of the story. Uh, that's not what it needs. That's not what I need. That's not what you need. That's not what the city needs. We talk about being a church that's in the city and for the city. Being in the city and for the city does not mean that we happen to worship in the East Village and that we do good things in the city. All right? Being in the city and for the city means that, that Jesus has called us here, that we believe that we are sent by Jesus uh, as missionaries uh, into this place, uh, and that we are sent as people who have, who, who know who the hero is, who have been healed of our brokenness, and we're going out not to do good, but to point people to Jesus. Now, we point people to Jesus by doing good works. We point people to Jesus by, by welcoming them into our city, by feeding them, by, by caring for important social causes. Don't mishear me. But those are not the end. We are not a social service organization. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And as his church, we are those who have experienced his healing, right? We know that he's the hero because he's our hero. And we go out into the city and we're like, all right, let, let us talk to you about the person that can really solve these problems. And I realize that that can be very reductionistic and I don't mean for it to be. I realize that there's a lot of nuance that we can put in this and that nuance uh, can happen in conversations. Uh, but big picture, Jesus is the true hero. Uh, he is the hero who fought against our enemy's sin, heals us when we turn to him in repentance and faith and promises to make all things new when he comes back. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to forgive us of our sins, to defeat death and the devil, 
uh, and to promise to make all things new. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would please help us to trust in you as, uh, um, as we seek to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.